When life is difficult, Samaritans are here. Day or night, 365 days a year. You can call them for free on 116 123. Email them at joe at or visit Whatever you're facing, the Samaritans are here to listen. Welcome to the Beer Podcast. My name is Nick Mins. Uh, on tonight's podcast, uh, I will be joined by uh, Ben. Um, he's also known as ADHD Ben on uh, Instagram. And he's coming on to share some of his stories regarding um, ADHD. I just want to get background for anybody who might not have been able to join uh, the podcast the other day or they get to listen to the podcast a while. We're going down this route of looking at ADHD, neurodiversity and... Um, you know, mental health. I was recently diagnosed at 37 years old um, with ADHD. Uh, so I'm still learning a lot. Um, whereas I'm eager to get people to come onto the podcast to share their stories of neurodiversity, but also to share their stories of mental health as well. So it's still kind of going in the same direction with mental health. Um, but looking at that neurodiverse side um, as well. So I'm just going to admit Ben into the uh, the podcast and we'll get going. Now then, mate, how are you doing? All right? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not so bad. Thank you. Yeah, if you want to talk to us a little bit about your experience. Yeah, of um, course. With ADHD, that'd be, uh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, no worries at all. So what, how do you want to do it? Do you want to fire questions and things at me or... Well, you just, uh, I'll let you have the floor. Okay, fine. So just where you say, if you want to start as, I suppose, start as early as, as you can or, or when things started for you, really. Yeah, no, that's fine. Cool. So when did, um, when did things start for you then, would you say? So, um, I knew when I was sort of, I'd say as early as seven, eight, that things were different. Um, I know when I was 12, I got diagnosed with dyspraxia, um, but it was more than that. It wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't like the other kids, if that made any sense with how my head worked, um, how how quick my mind sort of went, uh, obviously anxieties at a young age. And I knew that I didn't function, let's say, as the others did. It was apparent as early as that age. so I'd say as, you know, as, as time progressed, especially coming into being a teenager, when you've got to learn to sort of, you know, write things down on a board or uh, interact with others or, or try and be interested in things that bluntly you're not interested in. Um, that's when, for me, around me, my, my sort of, how can I put it, um, <clears throat> my childhood um, difficulties really arose. Yeah. You know? I was always the one on report in detention, um, you know, I, just to try and um, I was basically naughty just to try and find ways to fit in um, because I couldn't, I couldn't focus at all in the lessons. Um, that's when the, you know, the sort of written reports that came home said, Ben's lazy, Ben doesn't re- reach his, you know, potential. Um, and then you sort of, how can I put it? You, you sort of self, 
yourself philosophy as well. You know, I'm not going to amass to anything. I'm not going to achieve anything. Um, I'm discarded. I'm not like the others. Um, and that for me was when sort of the self-confidence and anxiety just, you know, self-confidence plummeted. Anxiety just kind of increased as that did. Um, so they really, you know, my, my school life I look back on and really wasn't a happy time, I'd say, in that respect. So, I mean, you, you said that you, um, if you like, you, you were kind of getting getting into trouble to kind of fit in, really. Did you think that was that was part of your ADHD playing up as well? Or do you think it was it was kind of a build-up of that energy? Or do you think it was more for the fact that that was seen as, if you like, your appropriate way to sort of behave, if you like? Yeah, I'd, I'd say bluntly, I'd say that, you know, it was a way of kind of masking things for me. Oh, doorbell as always. <laughs> it was a way of masking things. So, you know, to try and actually cope, I'd say, with what was going on around me, um, my way would be to, in essence, either act a fool or just just find ways ways in which of, of coping. So be that acting out or, um, you know, being the class clown or quite simply being sat in a classroom unable to focus and being oblivious to what's going on around me, I, I, I would just then flick, you know, flicking papers at a wall or doing this or doing that. Cause it was the only way I could cope. It was the only way of kind of functioning day to day. So, I mean, like you mentioned at the beginning that you were, you were um, diagnosed with like as dyspraxic. Um, yeah, so, so none of this became apparent till I was, I'd say 30. Really, so as as kind of late as that, really. Yeah. yeah. So even though there was sort of those, if you like, the sounds that maybe you could see or that others could maybe see, nothing was really kind of coming up. Yeah, I knew there were things that weren't right, but I never knew exactly what it was, how to deal with them, or anything else. It was just, it was one of those where you know I, I I'd expect being a kid that you know others around me would would be able to say if there wasn't something right. So I think I genuinely had that perception that I was the issue, that it, it maybe was me being lazy and it maybe was my, um, you know, how can I put it? My, um, my drive, you know, a low drive to succeed or I didn't, I didn't want to amass to anything. Um, and that's where I kind of, you know, just sort of became um, accepting of the fact that I was the issue, let's say. Yeah, um, yeah no label brought to me other than kind of dyspraxia so little did i know that obviously you know the there was kind of that um issue that that was severe but i was i was oblivious to it so if um if we go to if you like when you would when you were if you like formally diagnosed so was that at the age of 30 that you were formally diagnosed or was that when things were if you like yeah, so, so after i left school um it's probably easy so, you know i i kind of left school with very little confidence um no motivation um i was kind of quite defeated um but i'd spent obviously my childhood years kind of lying to everyone around me saying that everything was okay when, you know, if I'm being honest to myself, it really wasn't. Um, nothing was okay. You know, I had issues, belief, be it food-related, anxiety-related, anything, just just low self-esteem. Um, but 
I'd spent, you know, the, the early years of my life kind of telling everyone that everything was okay. So I've learned to sort of present that facade to others that um, everything's great, everything's fine, and, you know, that there are no issues. So kind of coming out of school inside a wreck, but putting on this facade that everything's great, um, I landed a sales job um, in a, an estate agency practice. And little did I know, I was actually quite good at it, kind of connecting to people, talking to people. Um, and it, it, was, it, it came easy to me sort of selling this dream because I suppose it's what I've been doing my whole early life, let's say. So, you know, when it came to kind of that, that sales environment and presenting things and, you know, kind of um, upselling, let's say, it came naturally. Um, so as you do, within six months, I got bored, um, as, as ADHD as do. Um, and without thinking about it, contemplating it, no idea, I, I woke up that morning and thought, right, I'm going to do it myself. Um, and genuinely handed in my same day notice after struggling to have landed the job in the first place to my manager and said, um, that have these ideas of, of setting up and this and that, um, that was genuinely, you know, a three hour thought process. There was, there was no thought that went into it. Um, but um, the next day, I think I woke up and thought, oh God, what have I done? Um, but I ended up setting up doing a, you know, lettings practice from home, um, which did grow into quite a big company well, has grown, should I say, into quite a big company. Um, and fast forwarding up to the, that kind of diagnosis stage. So I remember I was kind of 29 and I was thinking, look, you know, um, over the years, I bought a lot of property, you know, with, with income from, from my business world. Um, I thought, you know, there's a team of kind of 20 staff. Um, you know, I've built up a business that, that you know, turning over a million pounds has a value in excess of that. And I just, I just wasn't accepting of it. It kind of those childhood years completely contradicted any achievements. So, you know, on one hand, there's, there's me kind of saying, oh, well, you know, I've, I've achieved, I've done it on my own. I've, you know, built this kind of business. And on the other hand, it's you're useless. How have you done it? So, you know, I, I had this kind of pretense that everything was luck. Um, it shouldn't have, you know, it shouldn't have happened. And I, I boycotted myself, you know, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't cope with anything. Um, and I'd probably say 29, that, that's where the depression sort of came in, in terms of, um, you know, there wasn't, you know, speaking openly, I, there was no, there was no car I could buy. There was no, there was no property I could buy. There was no kind of, tangible asset I could buy that would mask that low feeling of self-esteem it was kind of like that right um you have to deal with this now and it was even through all of it you know be it struggling to respond to things or losing things or you know my my wild emotional states or you know I would be sieving at the bottom kind of bringing in at the top and sieving at the bottom there was something really not right you know I'd go on holiday and I'd be taking another suitcase with me, which was just full of papers that in my mind, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to get through this while I'm away. Never got touched. 
but genuinely a full adult sized suitcase would come away with me. But, you know, I was 29 and thinking, hang on, it's not normal to have kind of 30,000 unread emails and, you know, hundreds of missed calls. And, you know, even now with those coping skills in place, you know, having uh, iMessage, text message, WhatsApp, Instagram message, Facebook message, um, answer phones, calls, post, email, it, 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 it is totally and utterly overwhelming. Um, you know, thankfully, I've learned skills. I have an assistant who, you know, without, I, I would really struggle. Um, but it is, you know, it's not just a case of, oh, I'm, I'm hyperactive. There's so much more that goes into it that, that kind of, you know, for me, it's about raising awareness for that, that it's, you know, it is kind of, how can I put it? You know, that those that say, oh, you know, it's a gift, it's this, it's that. Yeah. You know, I, I look and think, you know, people say, would you have achieved without it? And the answer is probably no. But I think I think the, the big core of that is I also think that without the ADHD element, it would have been far easier to achieve happiness, which to me is a far bigger achievement than anything kind of material or monetary, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think anybody that says, oh, you know, it, it's a it's a fantastic thing and it's a gift and it's a superpower. Uh, yes, it's a skill that, you know, in terms of seeing things that others might not or in a different way, but I think anybody with it would, would kind of deep down had the, the opportunity to kind of slow themselves down and not have it. I, th I think they would choose that angle. I know I would. Um, yes, that might not come with all the rewards and achievements that, that have happened, but in the same breath, I think, you know, to have had a more happy childhood in terms of, you know, my school years and to learn what it's like to kind of slow down, stop, relax and kind of have that routine element rather than constantly working. You know, I don't know what it's like to stop or slow down. It's, you know, I stop, I slow down. That's when the anxiety kicks in and I've got to really start again. And the impulsive purchasing kicks in and that, Right, I've got to, I've got to find that buzz, um, and yeah, of course that you know that creates opportunity and whatever else. But you know, you do lie there, and you know it's time to sleep, and you don't sleep, and you're aware of the you know the repercussions on your health for not sleeping, um, and you know I'm aware that you know I'm not a superhero, and it will catch up with me at one point. You know, it already is. You know, everybody needs sleep. Everybody needs to slow down. And bluntly, I don't. It's, it, you know, there's only so long you can do that for. Um, but anyway, in answer to your question, I appreciate I've gone off on a tangent. Oh, that's all right. Um, 29 years old, um, having achieved, um, it was one of those situations where um, I physically went to my GP and said, look, you know, there's only so many times I can come um, and he can tell me that, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm anxious or depressed. I'm not depressed very much anxious, but I'm not depressed. Um, and this anxiety is getting worse and I cannot control it. Oh, well, you need, you know, you, you need to take the pills. You need to do that. And it was one of those where I think I actually had to self-diagnose. I went on the internet bluntly getting to the root cause of what is wrong with me because I cannot function like this. It's, you know, this is not just a case of, you know, somebody anxious or depressed or whatever else. There is so much more that, that, is going on here, let's say. Um, 
and I did. I, you know, I, I completed one of these scores for for ADHD, um, and I think it came up something ridiculous. Like, you know, it's a half hour quiz, and it's like you are ninety seven percent sure to have it. And I'm thinking, right, okay. And that's when the anger at the world kicked in. You know, why am I the one that's got to find out? Why have I had all the um, the kind of how can I put it? This, this, these traumatic experience based on not being diagnosed, you know, how as a kid could this not have been spotted? Um, and then of course I went to get diagnosed, um, which was quite a, a rigorous procedure. You know, your family get involved, your friends get involved. They have to do reports. And of course, you know, it was one of those where I'm, I'm sat in the front of the chat and I said, you know, he said, you know, normally I have to, you know, do an analytic report. And it goes, Ben, I can tell you, if I had to go in a meeting and bring someone in with severe ADHD, you would be the person I would bring in. You would be the the kind of, you know, iconic, typical severe ADHD. And I think it was a bit, you know, it was a case of relief. It was anger at that diagnosis. There was a lot there of, well, you've got it wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. There was, there was just a complete culmination, I'd say, of emotions that hit me at the same time. Um, you know, and and coming to terms with that, I'd say took a couple of years in itself, kind of that accepting of, right, there are issues, there is a label, others suffer from this. And then I'd say more recently, it's been about, right, how can I raise awareness of this? How can I help others with this? And how can I use um, my own achievements? Which, yeah, I do put a lot of that down to luck, but, you know, I do put it down to that, that element of having ADHD as well. And it's kind of that, you know, how can I help people that were in my, the position I was understand that they aren't stupid? You know, there is more going on. It's just a different kind of way of functioning. It's a non-neurotypical way of kind of looking at and understanding the world and things around you. And that's probably more recently where... Um, you know, I've been focusing an element of my time in terms of helping others to do that. Um, and I'm getting a lot personally out of doing that, should I say. I mean, that's a that's a good thing, if because I suppose, <clears throat> in a way, I mean, that was very much how I kind of felt with, with doing the podcast in the first place, was, yeah. you know, if I could raise awareness and, and help someone who might be might be in, this, in the position I was in, say, two years ago, yeah, and just show them that, do you know what? There is, there is a way, there's, there's kind of a way out of it, do you know, yeah, as, as low as things I mean, can it, go. It's a, lone, it's a lonely, um, it's a lonely kind of isolating place to be in. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not a fun place kind of being alone with your head when you suffer from ADHD. But, you know, even now there's so much more to it. You know, people still see it as, Oh, you're a bit hyper. Oh, I've got a bit of that. And it's so infuriating because you'll know the kind of daily struggles that, that you know, sometimes, you know, even, you know, battling against our heads to, to get out of bed, get into the shower, open the blinds. You know, that is, that is, is, is hard, hard, hard motivation if our brains aren't in that mind frame. You know, holding a conversation, you know, bluntly what we're doing now if my head was resisting me, which thankfully I'm in, I'm kind of in that more relaxed mood this evening, but you know, it, it would be complete and total effort. And I'd probably be talking gibberish. It's, it's, it is a, there's so much more to it. It's kind of that, you know, the, the best way of kind of describing it, I would say is that 
you know, an uncontrollable momentum of, of my head in terms of how it, how it, how quickly it, it moves, but without me being in control of brakes, it, it just, I can't function how fast or how slow my head moves. Um, and that's in the daytime and the nighttime. So, you know, you're trying to sleep, you're trying to this, you're trying to that, you're trying to sit still. I have zero control over the speed that, that my head operates. You know, my, my head doesn't do routine. It doesn't do time to sleep or time to wake up. It happens when it happens. Um, and kind of, you know, drilling into people around you and kind of raising awareness, I suppose, to youngsters that, you know, the, the effort that goes into simple tasks that others find remedial um, is, is hard to, to bear the burden off, I think. You know, it's, it's very difficult. Um, but there again, I suppose, you know, things that others find difficult, I slash we can do with ease. Yeah. So, you know, there are pros and cons, albeit, you know, we have a world, a world around us that expects us to kind of function in this set way. And when we're not doing these simple tasks that others are, or struggling to do the most remedial thing that people see you do complex things, it is a struggle. Um, and I think it always will be. I think, you know, there's so much more that, that needs to be learned to be to be educated about these things. Um, we're just at the start of it all, in my opinion. Um, but you know, so we've had this chat about it. You know, when I was a kid, it, ADHD wasn't around. It was just a, you know, there was there was the naughty, lazy kids, and that was it. That that was ADHD. Um, you know, fast forward twenty years. You know, for me to say, I, I don't believe in, in naughtiness. I don't believe in naughty kids. There's always an underlying reason, I think. Um, and it's kind of that, you know, that deficiency in the system that, that unfortunately isn't defining it or, or identifying it. That's, that's my view. Um, you know, others, I'm sure, have different views. But I think there's so, so much more that needs to be done in schools for these youngsters. Um, and... It, it's so far behind it, it you know it's there's so far to go with it um and there's still so many youngsters suffering in that system now i think well i know just from speaking to people you know there's 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 so much heartache going on um you know be it addiction be it kind of suicide be it self-harm be it um self-esteem anxiety depression related with kids just because of either a lack of diagnosis or um, the not being the support there to be able to give these kids when they have got the diagnosis. So, you know, there's, there's so much more. And obviously with, with what you're doing, with what I'm doing is the only way to, to be able to, to obtain that. It, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. When you kind of think about it, it's, you know, 2022. And, and like you say, and it's, and it's really funny that when you, when you speak to individuals, especially like our generation and mm. they, they just say, and I mean, I said exactly the same when I was at school, anybody with ADHD, autism or any learning difficulty was dead and naughty kids. That was how of it course. was defined. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's course. even, that was even how the teachers used to see them as well. Do you know, they're just the naughty kids. Um, of course, cast them aside, you know, yep. even, even now, you know, you would, how can I put it? you know you think you know where and what's going on in the education system they're still grading kids a to f let's say based on how well they do in a test you know i'll, I'll 
you know, I got a, I got a D or something in business studies at, at AS level. I didn't get an A level. It's, and it's kind of like that, you know, if you're being kind of judged based on that business aspect on a written formula in a classroom or, you know, in a, in a test hall with hundreds of other kids, then yeah, I'm sure I will be an F, but, you know, put myself, put others, put yourself, you know, in that business world, actually dealing with business and transacting with people. And it's only through actual um, practical working in a business environment that we can actually deem that we aren't an F, we're not a fail. You know, there's so much more to it. In fact, you know, we really can achieve, but it's just being given that opportunity. Um, and, you know, the look element, I think for me was, was finding what I was good at. And I think that so many with ADHD, you know, in the education system don't get that opportunity. You know, they are graded, unfortunately, simply based on an academic uh, profile. And when they don't achieve in there, they're cast aside and, and you know, genuinely believe because the system tells them that, that they failed and that's what they are, a failure. Um, and, you know, that for me is, is, is where and what needs that change. That, that is the, you know, to, to have someone of 16 who probably does have skills and things that they are good at um, and are capable of achieving in, genuinely believing that they're a failure, that, that is the, for me, that, that sector that needs the main focus on. Um, you know, I don't believe in, in kind of these A to F graded um, structures. I, th I think it's garbage. Um, it's, it's kind of still saying that, you know, this is how we learn. This is how we have to learn. This is how you'll be judged based on how you learn. And if you don't do it in that neurotypical way, then you're a failure. I mean, why are we still, you know, in 2022, judging kids based on that, for me, is, is absolute insanity. Um, we've so much further to go in that system. Um, but only through talking about it will we'll kind of, you know, that outcome ever arise, really. I mean, that seems to be a lot of, like, you know, like schools and stuff. I mean, especially in, like, secondary education, I think it's really, there's, there's like nothing, it's just not talked about. I mean, they'll, they'll say that these, they, they do things on like mental health, they'll do this and do that. But they're almost like one one conversation every every year, that'll be it. Mm. You know, they'll maybe just do like one lesson on it. And it's like these things need to be talked about on a daily basis. Do you know, it, it just... It, it, it frustrates me when you kind of start because I mean I've got I've got four lads and do you know when you're thinking if any of my lads were like that and they were like I was I'd want them to feel like they had support but of course in the more in, in even even now I, I just don't think there is I think no. there's lack of training lack of skills uh, for the teachers who are coming in and they're just not if you like trained or to to deal with those conversations when they arise. Or to identify the individual yeah. who may, you know, who may kind of possess the traits of these things, be it dyslexia, dyspraxia, ADHD, autism. But, you know, let's say, you know, you've got a kid with the, one of those labels who actually needs the help. If you work out the cost of having that specialist support, be it two lessons a week, you know, to explain that you will struggle with this task when you're older, you know, 
you might struggle with, you know, getting the motivation to make yourself a sandwich or to put the laundry on or to know when to go to sleep or to know when to wake up or, you know, the things that ADHD has struggled with, if they actually taught you that separately at school, can you imagine the cost saving that that would actually be on the government as an economy rather than those that end up in the prison system, end up, you know, needing to take benefits because they genuinely cannot function. Those that, you know, have addictions, you know, if you work out by actually implementing that side of education to youngsters, what they would actually be able to contribute fast forward in society as a general percentage. It's a totally, to me, it's money well spent, but unfortunately it's one of those maybe where when you don't have kind of that perception of it because we live it, they can't see it. So yeah. it's like that, well, you know, maybe it doesn't need help. Maybe we need to focus on this. Maybe because, you know, it, it, it's not as visible as someone with a broken leg we can't actually see it as, as that disadvantaged disability element when really if it was kind of identified and, you know, if those processes to benefit those suffering from any of those labels were put into place at an earlier stage, for me, it would, it would not only save the government, you know, fast forwarding when these, these kids became adults, but it would be bringing in because they would be achieving and giving back to society. But again, like I said, so much further to go in my opinion with it. Yeah, there the, the really is. The, it's, I mean, I say you could probably go on forever talking about where, where it needs to be. You're for, a you parent, know. you know, there's no skills, you know, parents of, of kids with ADHD, there's no training, there's no help, there's no assistance, there's no, real peer-to-peer -peer support offered within the education system. There's no, you know, unfortunately, no one tells you how to, I don't have kids, but no one tells you how to be a parent. You know, imagine then being a parent of an ADHD or of a kid with autism or, or whatever else. How then do you do it? You know, unfortunately for me, that needs to be part of the education system, that there needs to be that assistance because ultimately, we are rounded by our parents and by our youth and by our upbringing. And, you know, if our parents don't have that support, then what are we going to become? And the, you know, the answer is kind of that, you know, that, that perception of, well, I failed, I don't fit in, I'm anxious, I'm depressed. And actually all it is, is, is that trying to fit in, in this, in this world that, you know, is defined by people without these issues who say this is how you need to learn, fit in. And, you know, it's only through us speaking and saying, no, it isn't, that change is going to come. Totally. I mean, it's funny when you talk about, like, the kind of thing with parents. I mean, I mean I've only been... I finally got my diagnosis this year. And, you know, I was speaking to my mum, and my mum said, do you know what? I feel like I failed you. And I said... Why, why do you feel like that? And she said, oh, well, I should have noticed. But I was like, but do you know when I say that generation, it wasn't it wasn't kind of taught, you wasn't given the signs to look for, you wasn't given these, you know, like you say, if they, after time, if you had that much energy that they just couldn't sit still, it was either or they might be naughty, or oh, they've just got loads of energy, they'll burn it off, they'll, they'll burn the energy off, you know. I agree. It, but all these different things from, from that generation, like I said, you've got nothing to feel guilty about because, no. you know, I said, like, up to maybe, 
about a year and a half ago, I, I probably wouldn't have looked at it that way. I just thought it was maybe something to do with kind of like a mental health and breakdown and Ooh. all the things that were going on. But when you kind of break things down and you really look into it, it's only when you stop. And sometimes that's the key. It, like you said, it's, I mean, t- turning your mind off at the best of times is, well, it's near on impossible to turn to turn your brain off, especially an ADHD brain. But um, I suppose when you kind of give yourself a moment to kind of think clearly of, right, right, something needs to, something needs to break now. I need to kind of get some answers. And as soon as you get them answers, it's it's amazing how, how kind of liberating it can feel in a way as well. Of course. I mean, but for you to focus your time and energy, you know, into doing things like this, you know, if one person hears and thinks, you know, where you've where you've gone with your life, you know, and the listeners that you've gotten, where you're going or with me, that actually there is an angle and it's not just a case of, you know, you're going to fail or, or, or anything like that and actually think, well, actually, there is an outcome to this. You know, I can honestly say that with, you know, constant therapy, with support, with good, good bridges around me and whatever else, I am functioning as an adult in a, in a stable relationship with a business that is now turning in excess of, of 2 million with a team of 35 staff. You know, I am managing to deal with that with difficulty but it is possible. It, you know, yes, it takes a hell of a lot of effort. And yes, dare I say, I may find it harder than others that, that do similar to me. But, you know, it is possible, um, you know, for you to get the idea of, oh, I'm, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm going to raise awareness, to actually, for you to get that microphone, get the headset, get that platform, find people to go on it with ADHD, bluntly, you you know to achieve and have that drive and actually grasp it because we do we get so many ideas on a daily basis oh god yeah (laughs) implementing that for me that is a massive achievement and and that's what needs to be drilled into kind of you know that you to actually have that idea but then to actually fulfill it achieve it and go out and do it i mean i know for you how hard that is and you probably don't get that well done because we don't, you know, we're, we're expected that these things are, well, I want to start a podcast. Well, let's do it. But to actually get that drive and motivation to do what you do, I know how hard that is. <laughs> oh, yes, it certainly, as I say, it, you know, that motivation, sometimes it has to be kind of really pushed. But it's like you say, it's, it is more about kind of, pushing yourself to do these things and like i mean i can sometimes just be walking down the street or going to the shops and have about four or five different ideas where i go oh we could do that oh this, this, oh we could maybe do this and do that and but it, it shoots off in so many different directions and sometimes it goes and then by the time i get back home i can't remember what the yellow is i've i've, I've even thought about but <laughs> oh, of course i mean you know you know for me now and again you know we talk of impulsivities and people laugh but you know i will when i go to an auction room um for properties i will genuinely make sure that i have a check that on the back of it says that one property because i will genuinely you talk of impulsivity if i don't get the one i'm bidding on and i've done it before when i was younger i will end up thinking oh that looks nice in the catalog not having looked at what i'm looking at not having been here or anything i mean that is impulsivity um which years ago I learned the hard way when I ended up with a flat in Bradford city centre with 
rising damp cockroaches and whatever else. But that that was lesson learned, which God knows how, but I ended up turning it and making money on it. But it was one of those where, hang on, you know, impulsivity's at bay here. You know, you might think, well, hang on, you know, I've got that edge. I can see this. I can see that. It's not bad, but it's not a case of being superhuman. It's, It's actually doing your research and making sure you do things right. Brilliant. So the way we, we end these uh, these um, podcasts normally is I kind of ask for one little nugget of um, advice, but I've started asking, asking uh, an extra question, especially with the ADHD ones. Um, first off, um, a, de- a decent read podcast or something that you listen to, to um, if you like, relax, what would be one of the one thing that you'd say for that? Honestly? I struggle so I'd start listening to one and then I get a bit bored and I put another one on and do this and do that um so for me um I would probably say vid- video with audio for me helps and a gent called uh, Gabor Mate is absolutely incredible um you know I find him really I can engage with him even with my difficulties concentrating oh that's good um and the, the normal question is, if you were to give one little nugget of advice to anybody who might be listening now, who is probably in the same position that you're wearing, what would be that one little nugget of advice? Um, anyone who says you're lazy, you're naughty, you can't, you won't, you shouldn't, um, tell them to F off and do it. Prove them wrong. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Ben, honestly, it has been an absolute pleasure. You know, it's a... Especially when I talk to someone like yourself, I could sit here and talk all night, literally all night. Yeah, no, it's been absolutely same amazing. Advice. So, advice. yeah, uh, absolutely amazing, Ben. Thanks so much for taking time out of your night tonight to come on and share your story. Um, so this will, I've, I've got a feeling this will be a really good one and a really good kind of listen for anybody who's uh, who's going to tune in. So, thanks so much, Ben, and for everyone else. Yeah, thank you, thank you for doing what you do. Obviously, keep doing it. I know very few will give you a well done. But- <laughs> to actually to go out, do it, you know, publish it and raise awareness. I, I think you're doing a fantastic thing and there will definitely be people out there whose lives you're massively contributing to. Oh, thanks for that, Ben. It means, it means a lot, really does come from say, someone like yourself as well. So thank you. But yeah, everyone else, I'll see you on the next podcast. <laughs>